Okay, welcome to Progressive News Network on Blog Talk Radio, our Sunday show. First of all, I want to apologize. There's been some sort of technical difficulty here. Um, I had set this show up so it would actually start at, you know, 3.30 Central Time, and my predecessor set everything at Eastern Time, and I forgot. So... I totally messed up here, but luckily everything's archived, so we're going to move on with it. So this week, we have this situation where uh, Senator Rick Scott, who is also head of the Senate um, Republic, the Republican Senate Committee, uh, issued this 11-point plan. All right, we're not going to talk about uh, Donald Trump and the Moscow report today. Um, for a variety of reasons. Part of it was there's so much corruption on the part of Donald Trump that I needed a break from it. When Rick Scott got up here, it it just made my blood boil. He has this 11-point plan, and it is basically taking a sledgehammer to federal programs such as Medicare, Medicaid, and especially Social Security. Now, Rick Scott himself isn't exactly an honest actor to start with. Let's be let's be upfront about this. You know, Rick Scott his had was the CEO of a major healthcare uh, company where you know his company was found guilty of 14 felonies. Um, they paid back billions in fines to the Department of Justice, and so. We have a problem with Rick Scott to start with. So this is all about his 11-point plan. Let's just go into it. So it's ironically called the Rescue America Plan, which, again, you can't avoid this Orwellian double speed. And it's subdivided into different sections, this 11-point plan, if you will. The sections are education. Number two is colorblind equality. Now, this is taking that old colorblind argument that um, closet racists love to use and making it upfront and big. The third point is safety and crime. The fourth category is immigration. Number five is economy and growth. Six is government reform and debt. <clears throat> Excuse me. Seven is fair, fraud-free elections. That's just so crazy. Eight is, um, I'm sorry, number eight is family. Number nine is gender, life, and science. Ten is religious liberty and big tech. And number 11 is America first. So, excuse me, folks. There are these basic concepts first. I'm just going to read straight through. And they, this plan starts out with this really big announcement uh, I'm reading straight from a quote, we will inspire patriotism and stop teaching the revisionist history of the radical left. Our kids will learn about the wisdom of the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Founding Fathers. Uh, public schools will focus on the three R's, not indoctrinate children with critical race theory or any other political ideology. Okay, end quote. First of all, no K-12 through public school teaches critical race theory. Critical race theory is only taught in 
graduate level courses, like you're going for your PhD maybe in sociology or something like that, and uh, in law school. So unless you have some extremely advanced kindergartners, I don't think so. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. The critical race theory has become the code, the bigot code for objecting to teaching the truth about history. And I, I don't really give a damn what Governor DeSantis, or shall I call him Death Santis, has to say about the issue. This country was built on the backs of black slaves, period. The plantation owners of that time weren't just regular farmers. They built in enormous wealth to the level, the equivalent level of what it would have been a Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk back then. So let's stop pretending that this was uh, some innocent misconception and about our heritage. This nation was built on the black on the backs of black slaves. Period. End of story. There is nothing else. And if the governor of Florida doesn't like it, well, you know what? He can shove it. Well, let's move on. Uh, Rick Scott's plan. Um, includes several different things. So for instance, under education, it says parents, not government, will choose the best schools for their kids. Okay, right there is part of a plan to defund public schools and destroy them. You know, business people will tell you right off the bat, they have to have working capital in advance in order to grow their business. Well, Public entities are no different, except that the capital is provided through tax dollars. So, and when public, when you talk about public schools, you'll always hear this thing about per pupil expenditure. That's an estimate of a statistic that when you when you when you average out everything that's spent in a school district and divide by the number of students, you come up with this per pupil expenditure. And schools have to prorate it, all right? So if a kid transfers, that equivalent prorated per pupil expenditure will go to the next school. When parents switch schools nonstop like that on a whim, there's no way any school district can maintain any sort of fiscal integrity with that going on constantly. It just doesn't work. It also encourages basically a destruction of any sort of positive discipline. Kids know, well, I don't like that teacher. Mom and dad can just pull me out and send me somewhere else. And the schools wind up catering to children, and it's not, and by when I say catering to children, in other words, catering to their demands, which isn't good for a child. So let's look at this plan here. Now, the education segment also includes um, schools will be required to say the Pledge of Allegiance and stand for the national anthem, et cetera, et cetera. Now, we all do that in school, too. But contrary to what the Trump idiots think, it is not a legal requirement, nor should it be. Part of free speech is the option to not say the Pledge of Allegiance, to not stand for the national anthem. 
But I can certainly understand why a lot of people of color, especially in the black community, would not want to do that, given the way they've been abused historically. I don't blame them at all. Um, there's stuff parents have the right to know what their children are being taught, yada, yada, yada. They want to close the Department of Education. Um, public schools will teach our children to love America. Um, no child, get this one, no child will be taught they are inherently racist because of the color of their skin or that some Americans are oppressors and others are oppressed. That's basically saying we're not going to teach the truth about history. And that's censorship. In fact, teaching the truth about history is not saying that some kids are racist. It's talking about history. Uh, they want to eliminate teacher tenure, which, again, a lot of people think, well, that gets rid of bad teachers then. That's not how tenure works, okay? Let's, let's clear this up once and for all. I was uh, teaching in a public school district for 30 years. Significant difference between what is called tenure at the university level as contrasted to the K through 12 level. Tenure at the university or college level says, yeah, they can't be fired no matter what, okay? That is not what tenure means at the K through 12 level at all. Tenure at the K through 12 level merely means that if a teacher is accused of some sort of incorrect, wrong behavior, whatever, that administration must go through due process standards, period. Tenure at the K through 12 level is merely saying that, yes, your teachers and other professionals should have the same due process rights as the, the kid who bags groceries at your local grocer, period. So let's stop this lie about how teacher tenure means it's impossible to fire a K through 12 teacher. That's not true. Okay. Furthermore, I recall some of these bad old days where I went to an elementary school where I was one of a handful of Jewish kids. I was right next to a Lutheran seminary. And I remember when I was going to an Orthodox Sunday school, the music teacher insisted, we sang Christmas songs, you know, Santa Claus, uh, Rudolph, all that stuff, Frosty the Snowman. I had no problem with that. But then they wanted us to, teach, to sing a song that was clearly Christian dogma, which I could not do. So I stood there quietly and behaved myself. I got into trouble, not the teacher. That's called proselytizing, and it's wrong. Okay? So that's one point. I'm not going all, all for all these points. I'm just kind of, you can look it up yourself. Colorblind equality is another part of the plan. It says we're going to eliminate racial politics in America. Okay. I, I I swear to God, I just wanted to just punch the wall when I saw this nonsense because, of course, there's racial politics in America. And the fact is those who claim to be colorblind, to a large extent, there are some that may say it in all innocence. But most, of, most whites say that because they don't want to be confronted with the truth about racism in this country. That's what it boils down to. They don't want to be reminded. They just want to basically take their privilege and never be called out on it. 
So, you know, they don't want to ask people, American citizens, to disclose their race, ethnicity, or skin color on any government form. Well, you know what that does. That basically eradicates any affirmative action statistics, uh, which some of you may like, I don't know. But it also messes up the census, especially when you're talking about redistricting versus gerrymandering. Okay? It would be much harder to win a case against gerrymandering of congressional districts if you don't have government-collected statistics regarding the racial makeup of specific uh, congressional districts. Really convenient. Um, one of these, there's like, oh, God, 10 of these different bullet points. One of them, America will strive to provide equal opportunity for everyone, but will not guarantee equal outcomes. Okay. And under that, the last one is we simply do not give a damn what color anyone's skin is. That's the colorblind future America deserves. Okay. That's not being, that's not equal rights or equal integrity. That colorblind future is about denying anyone else's culture. If you're not a white Christian, then your culture doesn't exist in this colorblind society. That's what they're saying. It's that old assimilation stuff, the, you know, the melting pot crap that I heard growing up. Mind you, that melting pot always eradicated any part of anything that wasn't directly tied to being white and being Christian, just is what it is. And I don't give a damn what their 11-point thing says because I have free speech rights to express my opinion. Um, you know, and, and once again, this is, this is about denying it. How is it that a melting pot always resulted in all the extra ingredients that weren't connected to whiteness and Christianity? They just kind of got melted. In other words, destroyed. This is a way of erasing everyone else's history, everyone else's culture, other than the one that's dominated, which is white Christians. That's what that means. You can't, you can't be faced with Reverend Barber and deny his blackness. God bless him. I love Reverend Barber. You can't deny the fact that, um, you know, we have a lot of different kinds of people. When you say it's colorblind, that's not saying equal rights. What that's saying is if everything's colorblind, then we not only don't see differences, but we don't see any racial crimes that are being committed in that colorblind, allegedly colorblind society. So let's cut the crap. Okay. Um, and so this is dressed up to look like these people aren't racist. But the effect is to actually reinforce white supremacy and Christian supremacy. It's just that simple. Let's go to the next one, safety and crime. Okay. This year we will enforce our laws, all of them, and increase penalties for theft and, theft and violent crime. Okay. Well, if you're going to enforce all your laws, then why in the hell hasn't Donald Trump been indicted already? There's a federal judge that said, look, this guy has 
been part of multiple felonies. He's no longer president. It's called indict his sorry, ugly ass already. But see, the Republicans aren't about that. They're about basically white white Christian supremacy and, um, you know, about shutting up anybody who dares to burst their little bubble. You know, and it's not just in Florida. Here in my hometown of St. Louis, I got upset with a friend because, again, she had no problem with the Nazi um, the Nazi symbolism that Trump was enjoying. That happened a long time ago. Forget about it. Forget about it, huh? Let's let's counter that. 9/11 happened what 21 years ago? Not quite that. 3,000 Americans were lost, roughly. Have all of you that are white and Christian gotten over that? Whereas in the Holocaust, 11.5 million people in all were brutally murdered. Six million of them, the largest group, were Jews. Don't you dare tell us to get over it. So under crime, they want to fund the police, stop all efforts to defund or reimagine policing. Now, it's funny how Republicans always talk about states' rights, but at the federal level, they don't want to, they don't want local states or local municipalities to defund, which really means cut the funding, cut some of the excess funding from police departments and send that funding elsewhere in the community where they'll do some good, whether it is child care, public health, whatever. Um, they want to make police officers basically have extra rights. They want to support mandatory strict minimum sentences for all assaults involving serious injury to law enforcement officers. How many times has a police officer assaulted some person and then told that person, stop resisting, stop assaulting me? Okay. Um, Of course, they protect their Second Amendment. All right. Oh, get this one. We will make it a federal crime for any prosecutor, including the U.S. Department of Justice, to pursue prosecution based on political ideology. Don't t- That one was written straight for Donald Trump and his neo-Nazis, okay? You can't pursue prosecution, January 6th, you can't pursue prosecution based on political ideology? Really? Even if the ideology is to overthrow the government? Okay. This, it's hard to believe that Rick Scott, I, I believe he's actually an attorney, and, and he's writing stuff that's such, in a legitimate court of law, would never hold up. Okay. Um, they do say they want to eliminate no-knock warrants. In any case, it doesn't involve violent crime. That part's good. You can, again, read it yourself. Immigration, you can pretty much guess what they're up to. Nations of borders, we should give that a try. Um, So, let's see. They would strip all federal funding from sanctuary cities and prosecute any elected officials who flout our immigration laws. Okay, except that our immigration laws are based on racism and religious bigotry. Okay? It directly favors white Christians, and if you don't fit in those categories, you're not welcome here. 
Let's just stop this nonsense. And to go after elected officials who are challenging the law, perhaps, they have a right to go to court. They have a right to challenge immigration laws that they think are unjust. Okay. Oh, and the last one is part of that old melting pot crap. Quote, we oppose cultural segregation. We believe in the melting pot where people from many backgrounds go all in on becoming American. One nation, under God, with liberty and justice for all. What a pack of lies. Uh, first of all, what that is saying is they oppose cultural segregation. Well, that's one honest statement they've made for once. Because that melting pot is about you're supposed, if you are not a white Christian, you are supposed to forget everything else about your identity. Period. You're supposed to tell white Christian Americans exactly what they want to hear. Otherwise, they're coming for you. You know, and even among liberals, there's that tendency. I remember at one of my schools, we were doing multiculturalism, and the principal really was trying to do a credible job, but the person that she had in charge of that committee um, didn't know what she was talking about, and she looked at me and she said, oh, you're Jewish, you do Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a relatively minor holiday, and it's certainly not definitive of the entire religion. When I tried to explain that to her calmly, no, I know all about it. The fact that she was Catholic, a white Catholic, made no difference, mind you. She knew all about my religion. So again, that melting pot crap is just that. Bottom line is, what has been up till now, the white Christian majority, they're uncomfortable with that alien other. They want you, if you don't, you're not their same color, you at least should pretend to look like them. If you're not their same religion, you should pay lip service because, of course, like the spoiled children they are, white dominant Christians that can't tolerate any sort of diversity push this crap. And I don't believe this of all white Christians, but these are the people that believe in the prosperity gospel. These are the people that believe in white Jesus. Okay? Newsflash. Just, and I know I'm kind of ranting today. There ain't no way that Jesus looked like white Jesus is represented with silky, blondish hair, blue eyes, pale skin. Basically, there's no way Jesus looked like, like Brad Pitt with long hair. Not possible. He probably looked more like Colin Kaepernick. So when you go to your churches and preach to white Jesus, no, you're bowing down before a man of color who was a Jew. So opposing cultural segregation is basically outlawing our right to our own identity if that identity is different from what white Christians want. That's what Rick Scott's pushing. There's other points. You can read it yourself. Economy and growth is one of the categories. Says your socialism is un-American and always leads to poverty and oppression. Okay. Show me where our government socialist. I mean, the people keep pushing this lie. Do you even know what the fuck socialism is? Excuse my language. Seriously. We are basically hyper-capitalistic. Okay? We have a predatory capitalism. And 
one other thing. If you work for a living for an employer, you're not a capitalist. You're a worker. The capitalists are the people with the money who actually own the business. Oh, excuse me. <coughs> this is the part where it says, quote, all about the income tax. All Americans should pay some income tax to have skin in the game, even if a small amount. Currently, over half of Americans pay no income tax. All right. Let's deal with this slide. First of all, the most proportionally, not a percentage, but proportion of their income, the most highly taxed group of people are the poor. But they do it through regressive taxes such as the sales tax. They pay into Social Security, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. They pay into all these other things. They don't pay income tax per se because they don't make enough income to qualify. They are working at not just slave wages. It is asinine for, you know, somebody making minimum wage here in Missouri, which is, what, $8.25 full-time, to ask them to pay income tax. What are they going to cut? Drinking water? Food? What? But, you know, an incredibly rich man like Rick Scott wouldn't understand that and doesn't care. The fact is those of us that are not wealthy, we're just things to be used and disposed of when we're no longer useful. Okay. Here's one. We will require truth in governing, and that's in quotes. If government passes a law that does not achieve what it promised, the program will be shut down. Okay. That is insane. Who's going to measure it? How are you going to measure it? Um, sometimes you go, you try your best, and it just doesn't work. Does that mean because the National Institute of Health couldn't totally get rid of COVID, it should be shut down, and all research grants be ended? I mean, this is going to cause chaos, which is exactly what the Republicans want. Government reform and debt. <clears throat> this is the part that has the sunset provision. This is the most dangerous part of the entire plan. And it is truly dastardly. It says all federal legislation sunsets in five years. If the law is worth keeping, Congress can pass it again. All right. We've seen how hard it is to pass the law. Now, because this was written so broadly, all federal legislation sunsets in five years, theoretically, that means, does that mean that Social Security could end in five years if this were to pass and become law? Yes. And this is where, you know, all these lawyers on the political right should know better because here's the thing. Social Security is not an entitlement. They keep saying that, but that's another lie. Social Security, I repeat, is not an entitlement. It is not welfare. It is an insurance policy. It was set up by FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, to be an insurance policy because he knew that if it came out of general budget, the thieves would steal from it even worse than they already have. Social Security is an insurance policy. It's business. You paid into it your whole life. If it sunsets, 
how would they refund all the money you've paid into it, especially if you're not a recipient? They couldn't, and they have no intention. If, if, if every law were to sunset after five years, all federal legislation, that includes Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. And Social Security is the most uh, outrageous because, again, it is not an entitlement. It is an insurance policy that each and every one of us has paid for our entire lives. So if it sunsets, how would they, again, refund everything you paid into it? They couldn't. You would just be screwed, period, which is what Wall Street wanted all along. They wanted to steal from that directly. Now, it's not that Mitch McConnell is any better than Rick Scott, but Mitch McConnell is smart enough to know you have to do this in sneaky ways. Rick Scott just wants to tear the Band-Aid off. This is about destroying everything. Make no mistake about it. Social Security is the only retirement most Americans ever see. Period. This is about those of us that are older. Again, not only face age discrimination in the marketplace, but now if this were to become law, then our only our only retirement would be destroyed, and I guess we'd be expected to work until we drop dead, period, or just go out and die in the streets. And younger people need to understand, do you really want to have to not only raise your own family but take care of your grown parents as well because they will have no Social Security? The majority of Americans have no other retirement, period, nothing. And it's not because they're lazy, and it's not because they haven't tried to save. It's because it's impossible. The numbers don't jive. And of all the 11 points, excuse me, this is the most damning. Again, this is under government reform and debt, and it says specifically, quote, all, not just some, all federal legislation sunsets in five years. And then say, if a law is worth keeping, Congress can pass it again, end quote. All right, that's like saying, when my dog relieves herself in the backyard but comes out of her asshole, it's pure perfume. Because it's just not true. <coughs> Excuse me. Allergy season here. So this is the most dastardly part. It really is. Then the next part, seven, is fair, fraud, free elections. Okay, here's the deal. There were some 60 cases, several, and and they didn't find any election fraud at all. This included Trump-appointed judges that had to say that. Get over yourself. There was no election fraud. Trump lost. But they want to make it as difficult <coughs> as possible to vote. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. So, voter ID would be required. Once again, not a problem with getting voter ID, but ID at all. The problem is, since 9-11 in particular, 
the process to obtain a new ID has become very difficult for some people. Now, if you're wealthier, it doesn't affect you. But in a lot of states, you have to have the original copy of your birth certificate, for instance, in order, you know, to get ID. And if you were, let's say, you're a low-income person, you were born in Mississippi, but now you live in Oregon. A lot of states won't accept, you know, just email it, whatever. You have to physically go there. You don't have the fare to get from Oregon to Mississippi where you were born. You're screwed. Now, COVID has made it a little easier where you can obtain in some states online. But the fact is, this is why it cuts down on voter participation. Participation in some states, they won't let you get an ID until you've paid all your taxes. I mean, there's a lot of little things that if you're a lower income person, you're screwed. <coughs> they want to, um, nobody can take, like, let's say one year, my mother was battling cancer. She did an absentee ballot. I sent it in for her. Okay, she couldn't leave the house. That would not be allowed under this. Okay? No, what they call ballot harvesting. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> um, no same-day registration. It all sounds fine on the surface. So you have to understand something. Cheaters often don't do things up front. So once again, family. The nuclear family is crucial civilization. It's God's design for humanity. Okay. And it goes on to say, and it must be protected. And celebrated to say otherwise is to deny science. No, it isn't. A belief in a higher being is just that, a belief. I mean, I believe in a higher being, but that doesn't, that's not science. That's faith. <clears throat> They're twisting and turning and saying that um, the fanatical left wants to devalue and redefine the traditional family, they undermine parents, uh, and they're not going to allow socialism to take over. Okay, first of all, that's not what socialism is. They are confusing socialism and communism with totalitarian dictatorship. They're not necessarily the same thing, at least as theories go. Um, and the fact is that the Constitution clearly states that you're not going to stop people from being religious, but you're not going to endorse a, government, a religion either. And this is clearly endorsing a specific religion. Some of these we must defend the American family from societal elements that erode it. What the hell does that mean? Parents, not government, will choose which schools their kids attend. Again, they want to destroy public schools. Um, <clears throat> Here's one. We must enforce existing federal obscenity laws. Our society is almost given up on demanding decency. We must aim higher. Okay, one person's obscenity is another person's art. What even the Supreme Court couldn't agree on this one. 
And if you're going to outlaw obscenity, who's going to decide what's obscene? And isn't that a direct First Amendment violation? What you do in the privacy of your own home is your own business. You know, you can be holy roller, but you don't have any right to push it on somebody else. Gender, life, and science. Again, this is attacking the trans community, period. It also attacks abortion. Um, Let's move on. Religious liberty and big tech. (coughs) They put these two together. (coughs) Sorry, folks, this is just pollen outside. The Democratic Party and their big tech allies are not merely secular. They have, create, they have virtually created a new religion of wokeness that is increasingly hostile towards people of faith, particularly Christians and Jews. They are determined to drive all mention of God out of public view. We will not be silenced, canceled, or told the words to use by the politically correct crowd. Okay, first of all, Rick Scott doesn't know jack shit, excuse my language, about Judaism. I'm an actual Jew. And frankly... I see hostility towards Jews coming from the people that believe in white Jesus. Okay? Um, And again, the First Amendment clearly states you have a right, freedom of religion. That means you have a right to be religious if you want to be. You also have a right to be free from religion. Period. And I really resent this Christianity and Judaism being pushed together. Okay, I'm going to say something that I know a lot of Orthodox Jews will disagree with. But Judaism has more in common with Islam than it does Christianity. It just does religiously. Both Islam and Judaism are people of the book. It is strict monotheism, one God and one God only. There's no Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And I know Christians will will claim that they are monotheistic. They're not. Not really. If you believe that there's a Holy Ghost or whatever, no, you're not monotheistic. And I resent having my faith being used by political and religious bigots. So, Mr. Scott, don't you dare lump my faith in with your white Jesus. Okay. Jesus didn't look like Brad Pitt, and there's no effing way that Moses looked like Charlton Heston. Sorry. And as for cancel culture, what an incredibly intellectually bereft phrase. It's just stupid. Call it what it is. You're saying cancel culture, you mean censorship. But the fact is, free speech means that, yeah, Donald Trump, for instance, has the right to say whatever ignorant crap comes out of his mouth, or the hind end, for that matter, because it seems like his gray matter just kind of all over the place. But it doesn't mean that people like me don't have a right of rebuttal. We do. See, what's happening with the Trump troops, as I'll call them, is they want to say what ever ignorant things they want to say. They want to 
slander, libel, and defame and incite their followers to violence against those that are deemed not white enough, not Christian enough, not subservient enough, and so on and so forth. But the minute you dare a right of rebuttal, then your cancel culture, no. That's not what adults do. That is the decision-making process of a little snot-nosed brat. You have a right to say ignorant things. The government can't stop you necessarily. That doesn't mean I don't have a right to rebut what you have to say and call it out. Of course I do. Take your cancel culture and you know what you can do with it. It's as phony as Ivanka's sweet little smile. And her blonde hair. Once again, this is an instance where I'm tired of this. Um, Some of this under the Rescue America plan, one of the bullet, uh, one of the phrases or tendencies that churches and faith-based groups will not be forced to hire employees who disagree with their tenets and convictions. So let's say you're a cafeteria cook, but you're not Christian. They're not going to hire you. It's called discrimination. One has nothing to do with the other. And it is what it is. Um, At the bottom, it says, remember, the Second Amendment was established in order to protect the freedoms guaranteed in the First Amendment. All right, that's a direct threat. Now, what I would say to Mr. Scott and um, little dumb Donnie Trump is that as a progressive, now, mind you, I don't own a gun. Uh, That's because I have no sense of aim and it's blind as a bat. And I'm afraid I would hit an innocent. Okay? That's my choice. But I would remind you, jerks, that there are progressives that also value the Second Amendment. And we shoot back. Just want to remind you. And then there's America first. When Trump first came up with this, I knew what it was. This is taken straight from the propaganda that Hitler used, period. Okay. Um, Some of the stuff is not necessarily so bad. Okay. But, you know, once again, this is all hiding the most dangerous part of this plan, which is the sunset provision. Behind all this cultural war nonsense, that they want to enrage you with is that sunset provision. And that's the reason for this whole plan, in my opinion. That's a way to destroy the existing programs that Republicans have hated from the very start. Medicare, Medicaid, and especially Social Security. That's it. And Rick Scott knows it. There's no guesswork here. And you have to remember is this is so heinous, okay, that even at Fox, the anchor John Roberts questioned Rick Scott, and this is the quote. John Roberts said, quote, two of the big points are, quote, all Americans should pay some income tax to begin in the game, even if it's a small amount. Currently, over half of Americans pay no income tax. 
And he went on to say, quote, it also says all federal legislation sunsets in five years if the law is worth keeping, Congress can pass it again. So that would raise taxes on half of America that potentially sunset programs, others end programs, destroy programs like Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. Why would you propose something like that in an election year? And then, of course, Rick Scott, a liar that he is, says, well, Democratic talking points. And Roberts, even Roberts on Fox said, no, no, it's, it's in the plan. It's in the plan. And then Scott tried to say, but, quote, here's the thing about reality for a second. And John Roberts interrupted him again. Quote, but, Senator, hang on. It's not a Democratic talking point. It is in the plan. This is, this is what it's all about. This is this plan is just it's just a big con, so you don't notice that in five years they will have destroyed Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. That's it. And you know, let's face it, Rick Scott, even though you people in Florida elected him to be governor twice, and I can't understand that for a minute, um, he was a healthcare executive. His company was forced to pay one point seven billion with a B in fines, and again, that was based on uh, an invest, DOJ investigation done in 1997, so a billion back in 97 was probably closer to what a trillion would be now. You know, it is the largest fraud uh, scheme that was prosecuted in the nation, period. After Rick Scott's company defrauded Medicare and Medicaid, Rick Scott, according to the Sun Sentinel, was able to walk away with $300 million. Okay? This is what it's about. Period. Uh, Marietta Lynn, who is a spokesperson for the accountable U.S. Senate War Room, was quoted as saying the following, quote, after setting the record for the largest fine paid for Medicare fraud, it's no surprise that Senator Rick Scott doesn't want to vote. This was on voting for um, Javier Becerra, Biden's pick, who has spent it, and Becerra spent his career fighting to protect health care access and hold bad actors in the health industry accountable. Senator Scott's special interest allies are looking to him to prioritize their profits over families' access to affordable, quality health care, and it looks like Scott is listening. That's a polite way of saying Rick Scott was a crook back then, and he still is. He, he never really took responsibility. There's another article, and it was written, uh, an editorial here on Rick Scott. Uh, Florida Sun Sentinel. This was written, looks like, in 2018. There's plenty on Rick Scott, believe me. Uh, written by Randy Schultz, the, says Governor Rick Scott took responsibility, question mark. No, he took $300 million. Okay, so there was this federal investigation. This is the same guy that wants to sunset all federal laws, thus destroying Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security, because do you honestly believe that the same Congress that can't even come to some sort of, of agreement on cabinet posts are going to basically recreate Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security when their corporate bosses, their billionaire slave masters pay them not to? Don't be stupid. So according to this, in 1997, Rick Scott had this hospital company called uh, Columbia HCA, and the board forced him out. Now, he left with $300 million in stock 
Um, a 5.1, it says here, I'm just going to read straight from the quote, Scott left, here, let me go back, quote, when the federal investigation of Rick Scott's former hospital company became public in 97, the board of Columbia HCA forced him out. Scott left with $300 million in stock, a $5.1 million severance, and a $950,000 per year consulting contract for five years. What does Scott call that? taking responsibility, end quote. How's that for Orwellian doublespeak, you know? So apparently, you know, Rick Scott, you guys know it. He, he helped found this Columbia HCA in 1987, led it as CEO, and then 10 years later, he's investigated by the feds. As it turns out, his company defrauded Medicare and Medicaid worse than anyone else. I, I really do not understand you people in Florida. Why do you keep electing these criminals? I thought Missouri was bad, but damn. <clears throat> so Scott settled. It was a settlement with the government. The company admitted to 14 felonies. They were all related to fraudulent billing practices. And most of those felonies happened under Rick Scott's leadership. Why is this man being put in charge of the Republican plan to, you know, what is it, save America? Because the Republicans have just become open and above board about their criminality, period. That's all there is to it. And here's the ironic part. It, it, it wasn't just the Republicans. This was the largest health care fraud case in the country. Scott left a year after. Time Magazine named him as one of America's 25 most influential people for, quote, transforming how American hospitals do business through a company that, quote, consolidates operations and imposes cost controls. Wow. How's that for propaganda? <coughs> now, Rick Scott, the company claims that they paid every penny of the settlement. Now, that's yes and no. The settlement required payment, and the payment happened long after Scott left. This was from an ad that Scott, let's see, yeah. So, but they never said, specified how they paid every penny. And they didn't because Scott never did. Rick Scott blamed the investigation on the Clinton administration, um, and he claimed that that was revenge after Scott opposed health care reform. Um, you know, Rick Scott at the time, this was, let me see, yeah, in 2018. Um, Rick Scott also claimed that Columbia HCA wasn't any worse than any other comp similar company. And he pushed the idea that well, the government didn't charge him personally with a crime. And they didn't know anything that was going on. But then Scott went on to claim that he was a genius who deserved this megabuck severance, even though he admitted he really didn't know about company operations. Okay. Again, just pick which lie you want to believe. I mean, this is insane. Um, there was a deposition that the feds took from Scott. And... You know, again, according to this, he invoked the Fifth Amendment 75 times. 
which, again, is a constitutional right, but legitimate people don't need to do that. Because the Fifth Amendment is saying you're not going to incriminate yourself because there could be a, a possibility that you have something to be incriminated for. You know, once again, this is what's really going on. And, you know, we're having to deal with this. The fact is the most dangerous part of this uh, plan, this Rescue America plan, is the sunset provision. Okay? And as much fun as it is to blame Donald Trump for all of it, the fact is the Republicans wanted this all along no matter what. They were just going to do it in a sneakier way. The fact is you have to, we have to decide as a nation, are we going to have laws or suggestions that run out of time in a few years. One of the reasons the Voting Rights Act of 1964, one of the best safeguards to ensure that minorities, their rights to vote are, you know, unimpeded, was that it had a sunset provision. And it had to be reauthorized. That was a stupid feature. It was probably the only way Johnson could get these racist senators to sign on. But the fact is, the Voting Rights Act should have never had any sunset provision at all. In fact, it really should have been that we have a national law that ensures voting rights no matter what, and no state may come up with a plan that deprives you of your voting rights. That's it. You know, can you imagine how confusing a government would be if laws would sunset every five years? How in the world would you know what the law is from year to year with different sunset dates? Let's get a little real here, okay? This is about deconstructing a federal government, truth be told, except for policing and the military. And it goes hand in hand with what Republicans have been doing through under the auspices of groups like ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council, where they keep screaming states' rights. Well, their version of states' rights is just a redo of the old Articles of Confederation. And it really would tear our nation apart. And given Trump's coziness to Vladimir Putin, maybe that's been the plan all along. But if you have a bunch of laws that will sunset after five years, good God, the confusion that would ensue would make government unworkable. And that's the plan. The GOP wants chaos. In fact, this goes beyond the GOP. This is the, this ultra-far-right, neo-Nazi group of bastards. They want to cause chaos they, because then they'll have an excuse for the violence that they want to impose, the same kind of violence we saw on January 6th. Make no mistake about it. And Donald Trump is going to keep instigating until Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, does his damn job and indict that fat, ugly bastard. Excuse my language, but I can tell, according to the, Amer the Rescue America plan, I've already used obscene language. Lock her up and throw away the key. It's called free speech, Chica or Chico. You don't have to like it, but it's free speech. Put bluntly, we got off track a little bit this time, um, and a large part of it is because, again, 
I think I'm the one that made the goof on the scheduling this week. All right. I forgot that it was set. My predecessor set it on Eastern time. And as a result, I set it at 3.30, which meant it really started at 2.30. So my bad. I apologize. Um, We're going to be back next week talking about the Moscow report. We're going to be talking about Ukraine. We're going to be talking about, again, this 11-point plan. You know, Mitch McConnell is saying, no, we won't sunset laws. We won't end Social Security. But understand this. Trump and his bid for the White House began. He has already met with Rick Scott at Mar-a-Lago this past week, talking to Scott that he wants Rick Scott to be the GOP Senate leader, not McConnell. So this is very, very possible. So any of you who care about Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, you have to fight this with all your might. Okay? Uh, And Rick Scott, again, the lawyers behind this plan understand that if you were to sunset every law, every federal act, that includes, for instance, Social Security, that is criminal insurance fraud because you know there would be no way to refund all the money we paid into it. None. And that is their intent. So you could say that Rick Scott is pushing a plan that would constitute criminal insurance fraud on a massive scale, which given his background is not so unusual. Again, we need attorney generals that will actually follow the law. We need attorney generals that aren't partisan hacks. Okay? We just do. We need attorney generals that aren't paid to play, like you have in Florida and we have in Missouri, through the RAGA, the Republican Attorney General's Association. Again, there's documentation. It's pay to play. This is the real danger here. So to put it bluntly, yes, the GOP is coming for your Social Security to end it, to steal it. There's no guesswork here. And Rick Scott, true to form, along with Donald Trump, true to form, are both goddamn liars and con artists and thieves. The only difference, in my opinion, between Donald Trump and Rick Scott and the inmate already in the prison is the cut of their suit and nothing else. So that's our show for today. Um, You know what? Jackass of the Week Award... It's just too close to tell. It really is. So we'll just lay off of it. That's our show for today. Hope you learned something from it. Um, Good night. And I was going to say God bless us, but I don't want to be that specific anymore. Good night. And find your power center, your progressive power center. Let's fight these Nazis. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.